Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to Sucker Punch Podcast. Today's episode is Sucker Punch of the Week. Uh, we go through our nominations and we cover some of the uh, fights from uh, last week's UFC, uh, specifically the travesty that was the DJ Demetrius Johnson versus Henry Cejudo fight. Um, we did have some technical difficulties, so I do apologize for that. On the up-and-coming shows, we will definitely um, fix those things, and you know we hope to deliver you a, a really uh, high-quality product. So thank you very much for tuning in, and uh, enjoy. Hey, welcome to the Sucker Punch Podcast with Sam and Nate. How's everybody doing today? What's uh, going on, everyone? Let's just go ahead and get into it. We got a couple of nominations for uh, Sucker Punch of the Week. Uh, we missed, I think we missed last week. So um, let's start with the ones that are probably not going to make the cut. I'll go with um, people who debate whether water is wet. I'm sick of hearing this conversation. Ice is cold. The sun is hot. Water's fucking wet. Deal with the facts. I don't want to hear your semantics anymore. We're getting caught up in like arguing for argument's sake and semantics. Like when people tell you that the sky isn't blue, like I understand the, the science behind it. Yeah. The sky isn't necessarily blue, the reflection of this and that, whatever. Okay, good. But Look the earth is flat, right? We're going yeah, with that. As, as frisbee, like, like a pancake. There may be like, it might be like an iceberg. So that there's something hanging at the bottom that you don't see, but we're on the top. Okay, the earth isn't flat, but check it out. If uh, I'm just saying, like, we're, you know, if you look up into the sky, you can clearly see that it's blue. If you want to argue the science behind it, whatever. But I'm sick of people, you know, if you ever say, hey, water's wet, blah, 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 they'll want to, they really want to debate it. And I'm like, look, just get punched real quick. All right, on to the next one. But if you do agree, go ahead and, you know, chime in. Punch people who think water is not wet. It itself is wet. It's like, let me wait one more time. I want to rant a little bit on that. It's like if I said, you know, like, like the Grim Reaper is death, right? Water is wet. It is the essence of wet. All right, that's enough. Next, Nate, what do you got? Here's what I got. Okay, it's better. Better, be better. It, it's not better because I'm going with the piss bottle boy. Okay, okay. Yeah. So I go last weekend and I am moving my sister out of this place where she's living. She has roommates, and one of her roommates is a gamer. Okay, and what he does so that he doesn't have to get up and go to the restroom while he is playing his video games is he keeps bottles around and he pisses in these bottles. Ugh. And I just want to say this, like live your best life folks. I don't <laughs> care if you are a gamer or not. I hope that you make millions of dollars. I hope that there are avenues for people to make millions of dollars that from playing crazy. video games. I, I love that. I think that's awesome. Right. But just put the game on pause, and I know it's live, okay? I'm not that far behind the times. I personally don't play video games. 
don't allow yourself to become a piece of shit in the process of making millions of dollars on your way to video game heaven. Okay. They're not. I, I mean, you know, it is crazy though that people are making careers. I, I guess I don't know if someone's making, but they. I mean, people watch people play video games. Yeah, I, 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 I think I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a YouTube channel of me watching other people's YouTube channels and see if I can get hits doing that. And it's weird. It's so strange. My nine-year-old likes to watch uh, uh, videos of people playing <laughs> video games, right? And he's been doing this something I realized he's been doing for like maybe the last week. Maybe it's been longer. But then this morning I saw, he was like, hey, can I watch some TV? And I was like, yeah, sure. And he was watching somebody play YouTube. He was watching somebody play Parappa the Rapper. Remember that video game? Oh, yeah. And, uh, and he was watching them, and I, I go, "What? What are you doing?" I go, "What? <laughs> I go, what do you get out of this?" He goes, "It's entertaining." I go, well, "How?" And he goes, "It is." And I go, "Why?" And he goes, "Cause I like it." And I was like, "Yeah, but why do you like it? What What do you get out of it?" And he goes, "Well, I don't have that video game." And I go, "Really?" I go, "Why don't you?" Because we have a little swimming pool in the backyard and a trampoline. I go, "Why don't you watch a video of somebody jumping on a trampoline or or playing in a swimming pool?" get out of the house. I was like, turn that off. You're not allowed to watch this anymore. He's no longer allowed to watch people play video games. I, I can't, I can't deal with that. Well, like what's that. worse? Is it worse that they watch people playing video games or, you know, I, I I've, I've caught my little girl watching videos of other people playing outside and stuff. And I'm like, go fucking play outside. <laughs> outside. And actually <laughs> it is funny though. When you see people like bust their ass, I, I, I do yeah like, it never it never gets old you'd think like at yeah. some point you'd be like oh well I, they could seriously that's a hospital bill right there they could seriously yeah, hurt yeah. themselves but no. sometimes when it's like i like it when it's not the serious ones i like it when it's just you know but when i see like people break something like i've it's weird that i've broken i've broken several bones and if i see someone like it it's hard for me to watch like serious injury i don't like that like when you see skaters just like eat it i can't oh like, yeah laugh. My oldest son, he's a skater, so he watches that, and I'm like, that, that would, I would never skateboard again. I'd never skateboard because of that. Well, there's uh, one, there's one incident. I don't know. I think it was on, I can't remember the show. It wasn't ridiculousness, but it was something where people hurt themselves doing something, you know, like professional wise, and then yeah. the show would show the video, and then they'd have them reenact the deal, you know. And this skater fell on a on a beam or something. And there was a barb sticking up out of the beam and it sliced his nuts out of oh, his muscle. Stop it. And they uh, took him back to the same place. I guess the rail had been fixed. And uh, of course, you know, on the show, he, he, he sticks it, you know, he's a professional skater. So yeah. falling is just part of the hazards of the job. But after my nutsack got ripped open one time, that'd be the end of it. I'd be like, I'm not a skater anymore, guys. You know, I'm just not doing whatever it I do. If it, I'm going to stop doing that. That's all I need to know. It's like right. I used to use hazelnut coffee creamer, and I don't know if this is true, but I heard that hazelnut co coffee creamer isn't good for your testicles. Like maybe it messes with your testosterone or something. Guess what? I don't use hazelnut coffee creamer. That could just be some marketing ploy. From the French vanilla people. Yeah, I don't know if Irish 
uh, cream is really, you know, making. Oh, it's got to be the Irish. It's got to yeah. be the Irish. I blame it on them. All right. Well, there's, we got gamers that piss in bottles because too lazy to wear pampers and people who debate whether water is wet. They are both in the running for Sucker Punch of the Week, but I think we uh, can agree that it goes to this next story. Uh, the Don, um, the Nate will go ahead and explain because it, it's his it's his nomination. I, I think it wins. Okay, so I don't know exactly who to sucker punch in this, right? But there is a young black female conservative. Her name is Candace Owens. She's been getting a lot of hoopla in the in the media lately. I I personally have listened to her speak. I think she's a bit of a provocateur. Um, so you have to ask, like, has she brought this type of stuff upon herself. Um, you know, and she's I'm a Republican, but she, she is, she's, a, she, yeah. she's a conservative. And I know a lot of people will look, I'm not a Democrat, so I'm not pushing any politics here, but I, I do find it very confusing when I see like a uh, Hispanic and black Republicans. It just seems weird. It's well, like I think that's because a it's lion and a, a zebra are chilling. And I'm not saying that, Hispanics and blacks are the zebras. We might be the lions chilling with zebras. It just seems weird. Yeah. Those are my two cents. Go ahead, continue. And I think that's just because of, you know, the recent historical aspects of it. It's like, and I think that's why they're, they're so down on her because, and she kind of likens it to, you know, still white, white liberals having that racist mindset of, you know, as long as you stay on the plantation, you're all good. But as soon as you stray off the plantation, we're coming for you, you know? And I kind of see it that way. Um, I'm just, just like, what makes you think being a Republican is off the plantation? Right. Well, my stance is I'm... A, I'm if anything, you could say the Democrats are, you know, you're in the field with the Democrats. Right. And you're in the House and, with the Republicans. Maybe it's vice versa. I don't know. I, I've said it a million times in my life that I'm a political Ronin. I don't lean. Well, I do lean certain ways because that's just the stance that, you know, the left or the right picks up. And sometimes I have conservative ideas. Sometimes I have liberal ideas, but if I feel like if you're a Brown person in America, you do not have a political party. You know, there's not a political party that has your best interests in mind. You know, it's, it's just, uh, it, it, baffles me but anyways let me get to the story so here she is this young black conservative female in philadelphia she goes into a cafe and antifa comes out and they start accosting her from the outside at first and then a few of them come inside and the cafe asks this girl to get up and leave they ask her to leave they're going to call the police you know, and she was, you know, she was there minding her own business. She's just trying to catch some lunch. She goes outside into the storm, basically. And they start screaming stuff at her like, uh, fuck white supremacy, fuck white supremacy. You know, so it's like a group of majority white Antifa members, a few Hispanics thrown in there, screaming at this black girl, fuck white supremacy. And then the cops show up on the scene and they're, you know, for the most part, protecting her. Nobody was getting physically violent with her. I think some the dude that was with her, Charlie Kirk, he's, he's a white, white dude. He got water thrown on him or something like that. 
But then they start screaming, uh, cops and Klan go hand in hand. Cops and Klan go hand in hand. Well, if you look at all of the police, it's majority black and a few Hispanic police officers, right? And so you just have this bizarro world moment where white, young white Antifa, supposed to be fighting the good cause, are screaming at this black girl, have her kicked out of a cafe, like it's 1945, 1950 all over again, you know? And then they're screaming at black and Hispanic cops, you know? And it's like, it's almost like they're on autopilot. It's like, that's the only thing that they can think of to say, you know, they don't have a message. They're just trying to shut down this girl's freedom of speech. Now, like I said, you know, I've listened to her before. I don't necessarily take anything from her um, on a personal level. You know, I think she is a, again, I think she's kind of a provocateur and she kind of eggs, eggs things on. But that's just, when I saw that scene, I was like, what world are we living in? Like that is just, it blows my mind, man. And I still haven't completely wrapped my mind around it. Still, I'm still kind of dumbfounded, you know? Yeah. So I I would say that it's Antifa we're nominating or that wins just for the bizarre nature of it. Well, let's put it this way. You know, again, I guess we're talking about Antifa, but so it sounds like there's a political stance here. I don't really care. I think like when Antifa started to emerge, like for me, and I haven't researched them enough to, because I didn't care that much, but it, it always seems to me like, is this, and I believe this 100%. I believe that, you know, you know how they, you know, everyone's talking about fake news and this. I think there's definitely real information you can go and, and find um, out there. But it's hard when you're to sift through, right? There's a lot of information that's so, you know, clickbait. You can't tell whether it's or it's skewed by, you know, whether it's the left or the right. It's just skewed. It's it's more a position, you know, this channel or this website or this, um, you know, group is has an agenda and they want to sway you left or right. And when I see groups like Antifa, um, it makes me think of, uh, and I, I wish I could remember exactly, and maybe I'll put it in, you know, in the description of this episode, but there was a, um, there was an operation back during the sixties, um, that whenever there was a protest, they would send in another group of protesters that were paid by, um, you know, the government or whatever at, to disrupt it. So let's say Antifa is, is there not really to disrupt the Republicans, but to make the conservative movement look better. Because how are we going to be, you know, how is, how is the Antifa going to talk about, you know, freedom of speech and these are, you know, anti-fascists, right? They're anti-fascists, but then they're going to go out there and disrupt people's freedom of, of to speak. Yeah, or just doing your, the opposite. Your civil freedom of grabbing a bite to eat a for lunch. To, yeah. So you're, you're, how can you be anti-fascist and then disrupt people's everyday lives? That's literally what most people are against, is that we can't walk down. So as I was saying before, we got... Uh, cut off due to i was just 
saying that I, I do believe uh, uh, without a doubt that there are um, movements out there. I'm, I wonder, I question whether Antifa is part of a uh, democratic or left leftist movement, or if they're, they're a tool to help conservatives look oppressed. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but at any rate, let's say either one is true, that they are legit, they should get sucker punched. <laughs> and if they're not legit and they're just there to, you know, uh, make conservatives look oppressed, they should get sucker punched. So they yeah, wanna... I mean, how, how does that old saying go? Like when confronting your enemy, the hardest thing to do is not become your, like your enemy, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's what they're doing. I mean, it, but, you know, it, if it was legit from the ground up, it probably started out as something, uh, you know, maybe I don't know if honest is the word, but they at least thought that they were good. Well, they're doing the right thing, yeah. you know? Well, but I mean, when you see stuff like that, you're just like, man, what are y'all doing? Like, this doesn't help anything, you know? Yeah. And it does look, it looks crazy. Like we, we talk about how, we seem to be living in times that are, I don't know if there was a time that wasn't illogical, but it seems that way so much more, you know? Yeah. And uh, I do think that like what the internet has done, you know, I re it's crazy to think like, you know, at our age, we, we were, we're part of a generation that, what did that shift, you know, we're part of the generation that went from digital to, or from analog to digital, you know? Mm -hmm. And I remember when internet was first coming out and I had friends that were like, um, artists and they would draw one of, one of my friends, he would, he drew this big mural and it was like a web and like a spider web. And, you know, cause they were like, Oh, the web, you know, it's just there to ensnare you. And they all seem, you know, everyone seen, thought, you know, we were crazy for thinking that about the web because it's literally going to bring people together. And a lot of things that they did that were, that are great, you know, as far as information and everything, but it's not like we were running low on information before the internet, you know what I mean? And, um, yeah. but now it seems like now information is so hard. It's so, it's hard, hard to control. Right. It's hard to find out whether you're being misinformed or you're you've got the right the the right of view of what reality is, because then you can say of what is the truth. And then we could get into a great debate of of truth and, and all that stuff. But but um, yeah, it's just it's crazy. The. The way I guess the the, the way everything is going now, as far as how media controls uh, certain certain outlets and and how it's very difficult to really judge what is the truth now if you're a person who practices crit critical thinking then it becomes a little bit easier and you actually don't put so much um stock in what you're seeing in the news and everything you could kind of you know see you know what is is true and false if you're you're using the right eye but it's always skewed by your own personal experience in life. What is the right eye? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I try to do as little 
critical thinking as I possibly can, but yeah, no, <laughs> uh, no but I mean, it, you're right. Exactly. I, I mean, I've thought about that before is, you know, no matter what my outlook on the world is, it will always be um, from the viewpoint of a human being, a male human being who was raised and pretty much has stayed in one geographical location, which is Texas, right, for my whole yeah. life. So I try to think about that. It's like, okay, well, when you approach these subjects, you know, are you just coming at this from some douchebag that was raised in Texas and pretty much has lived there his whole life? Or are you looking at this, you know, from a worldly viewpoint so that you don't make the mistake of, you know, what is it being biased against the subject, you know? But I don't yeah. think that very many people do that. But I think that like with, like back to the internet and getting us together and bringing us together, you know, there, I think that people have just found ways to manipulate that. You know, it's like, let's take this sound bite and make this person seem so much worse than they are. And then you read the context and you're like, wait, that wasn't even, they weren't even talking about that. You know what I mean? Like they just took this one or one or two sentences and ran with it and made this person sound like a racist asshole or whatever it is. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think you're, we contend with that. And then plus, I mean, I believe that everyone should have a voice. The internet gives everyone a voice, but I don't believe that everyone has something to say, you know, don't, not at all. You know, there are people yeah. that they just live to troll, you know, and I think that your debate, whether water is wet, I mean, that's just, that's somebody that said, Hey, I'm going to troll the America for like the next year. And I'm going to get people debating I know, whether or not water is wet. Crazy. No. Crazy. So. I like the flat earth argument, not because I, I just I'm fascinated by it. I really am like there was a when I when I heard that, like, you know, there was like some NBA players and some other, you know, like there's like you would say celebrities that are like, hey, you know, Eddie Bravo, who's not necessarily uh, I'm a big Eddie Bravo fan. I study 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. I, I, I think what he's done with Jiu-Jitsu is amazing. Um, and I, I, I will defend him in saying, I don't think he believes it's flat. I think he just finds, uh, it very hard to believe what NASA's telling us because of, um, if you, like he says, look into it, if you look into it, <laughs> but, but, uh, my, my point of bringing that up is like, I I'm fascinated by, like, I went into like researching the argument, not necessarily researching whether we live on a globe or not. What I'm, what I'm saying is researching the argument. Like I find it fascinating that there, there, this, there is an argument. People are arguing this. Yeah. That's like the a, best part. Like, I think it's like, there was a, here in Austin, there was a convention for like, uh, what was it about Bigfoot or something? And I was uh -huh. busy that weekend i would like to go i wanted like to, to go you were the head speaker but you i wanted to go so bad not because i care i just wanted to see these people just what if like half of the people you know were there you'd be like oh my god all of y'all think <laughs> bigfoot like uh there's that show with joe McHale. he's doing that it he used to be on the soup now he has a netflix show and he did this he goes oh you know we have sad news um the sir i forget the name of the show but it was like looking for Bigfoot is at it. 
its final season. It had its season finale. <laughs> and, and it's like seven seasons or, or four seasons. Who knows how many fucking seasons. But how could you have more than one season of never finding Bigfoot? <laughs> like, you, how did you have four to seven seasons of never finding Bigfoot? That's I think is hilarious. But Sometimes uh, it's not about finding what you're looking for, Sam. Sometimes it's about true. the hope and the desire. That's true. Right? That's so true. I hope there's a Bigfoot out there. Yeah. I mean, if we, imagine what it would change if, if we found a Bigfoot out there. Imagine Sweet. if we found a Bigfoot that was like, they were all two feet tall, but they had like humongous feet. That'd be awesome. That's crazy. That just that blew my mind. <laughs> well, like the, the head detective, remember that from In Living Color? That's how old I am. Oh, yeah. It was just yeah, a guy man. with two feet. It was like a oh. Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a yeah. small woodland creature with gigantic feet. <laughs> oh, man. Well, okay. Do we want to talk about the UFC? Yeah, I was going to say, let's, let's, uh, speaking of Bigfoot, here's who I want to get hit in the head with a Bigfoot. <laughs> I want this guy to get hit in the head when it's a heavyweight fight. So more than likely the, his opponent will have a gigantic foot. Um, the event is tonight. It's Tuesday night contender series live on UFC fight pass. And it's Greg Hardy versus somebody Gordon. I don't know. Cause they don't list his name, his first name. And the only reason I know who Greg Hardy is, is because he was my last week's, um, uh, sucker punch of the week and he deserves he deserves a beating and the only reason i'm glad he's in the ufc is i will have the opportunity to see if that actually happens i do feel like you know have we gone the wrong direction with our podcast does it incite violence are we telling people that you should go around beating people up no are we no. saying that some people deserve to just get cracked the jaw. I mean, of course, some people deserve that. Whether it's right or wrong to do it is another question. But this is Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy, um, I guess the question is, will he secure a UFC contract tonight? He's fighting a, another heavyweight, and I'm rooting for uh, Mr. Gordon here because, long story short, I have a new client. I'm a, a personal trainer. I have a new client. She's a, a paraplegic. She's been paraplegic for years she went to she i guess a uh, mrs uh what is it called mississippi university umass or umiss i'm not sure i have no yeah, idea the university of mississippi yeah let's just call it that where greg hardy um also was from and where she was living you know she said well he had left for a while to get into the nfl when he came back he had like a bentley and a big old truck and he was and um the the the, the short version of this is this guy kept parking in handicapped spots. And when she confronted him about it, he, and, you know, to quote what she said, he said, bitch, do you know who I am? I could do whatever I want. That's the kind of guy this, this guy is, right? That's the kind of guy this guy is. That sounds weird. But anyway, that's the kind of person this guy is, right? He, uh, he's the kind of person, I mean, he's, he's what, most people who aren't educated about the UFC expect most UFC fighters to be just a, a, a brutish douchebag who feels entitled and wants to just push everybody around. And, and of all people to do that to is some, somebody that's handicapped. It's freaking disgusting. And there was a big question of whether the UFC should even 
give him um, an opportunity to win a contract because he has uh, domestic abuse uh, charges on him. I'm not sure if he was convicted of it. He had drug charges on him and, and they have a code of conduct. If he were to get into that kind of trouble while in the UFC or employed in the UFC, he would be immediately um, uh, fired. So why would you hire somebody that already has that kind of a record, right? And that at first I didn't care. I was like, you know, I'm not sure that a person's prior record should exempt them from a contract or, you know, pursuing, you know, um, a career in whatever they decide to pursue a career in. Um, but now I'm like, I'm not so sure, you know? Well, like I, I like we talked about before, like, <sighs> The world of fighting just has a way of processing those people out. I mean, yeah. If you you look at John Jones, I mean, yeah, kept getting in trouble. So you're saying John Jones kept getting in trouble? Yeah, I mean, it, the UFC kept giving him chance after chance, you know, and he eventually did it to himself. I mean, I'm I'm sure he'll come back, but. Uh, he's never going to stop being John Jones. You know, he was fake yeah. from the beginning, you know, and this yeah. guy may not put on airs like John Jones does, but he'll be weeded out to somebody in that division, you know, yeah. will handle him. It's like, I don't know whether I should say, Hey, tune in to see if uh, Greg Hardy gets knocked out tonight. Or if I should say, don't tune in, he doesn't deserve any viewership. But uh, at the same time, I definitely want to see if this dude gets knocked out. I'm going to be very disappointed if he like wins by devastating fashion. He, he, he won um, his last fight. I think it was first round knockout. So it's going to hurt to see him, you know, succeed. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, a, I don't think I've ever said that ever in my life. It's going to hurt to see this man succeed. Maybe I was saying that uh, internally about Donald Trump. <laughs> what do you do? Um, no I, comment on the Trump. Yeah, yeah. Uh, going back to um, the last uh, UFC, what UFC was that? Two twenty-seven. Two twenty-seven. Um, did you want to try? I, we're having crazy technical difficulties, and I have a feeling we're just going to get dropped in a second. So I don't know if we should just cut to the chase and go to the the last two main events, or the last two main events, the la the the two main events. Um, DJ and Cejudo, because really I don't need to talk about anybody else. I don't even remember most of the other guys. There was yeah. a good one um, at the. I think the very first card or the very first fight of the card was pretty good. But with DJ, um, here's my, here's what I propose. There are no longer split decisions, and no longer draws when it comes to championship title fights. All right, it cannot be a close decision. I say, let, let's compare it to a jury. You can't have, if, if 11 jurors want to convict this guy of, of a crime, of a felony, and one doesn't, it's called a hung jury, right? They need it to be unanimous. Right. You can't have one person disagree. So even if two people, two judges say, so who to one, but one says he doesn't, he didn't, then it's not a split decision. It stays with the champion. I, I did. I personally did not think, I don't know if you had a chance to rewatch that fight. I yeah, didn't I did. think he won. What do you think? Do you think he won? 
I don't think he won. I mean, I again never leave it in the hand of the of the, the hands of the judges. Yeah. Um, I but guess I feel I like could, that. I could re- try really hard to make a case. Yeah. For how he won, but I looked up the numbers afterwards, and I mean, it was. Uh, Demetrius Johnson had 121 strikes to Cejudo's 80. 81 of those 121 strikes of DJ's were significant strikes to 51 significant strikes of Cejudo's. So what the heck, man? You know what? That makes me go like, do you think the UFC just wanted DJ out there because he wasn't taking that big money fight? I don't know. That's weird. How the fuck did he lose that fight? Yeah. I, I don't see how he lo- – I mean, I watched it twice, and like I said, I'd, I'd have to stretch to see how Cejudo won that, you know. But, oh, I, they need to do an immediate rematch. The thing that drives me so crazy, especially hearing those stats, is like this guy was he, – he would have had 12 title defenses. Yeah. And these dumb-ass judges – like, it, it can't be close. I hate when the, – the worst thing is when they give a champion a draw. Yeah. When they say, oh, it was a draw. It's like, listen, did the challenger take the belt? No. Then he lost. Why would you put a draw on a champion's record if he didn't lose the belt? If he walks out of that ring, out of that cage with a belt wrapped around his waist, then he won. It's not yeah. a draw. It's a win. And I, and I think it's especially what he's been able to accomplish and, and they would have been able to promote him so much more. He's got 12 title defenses. No, nobody's going to do that anytime soon, man. Nobody. Yeah. That is difficult. No one puts it together like this man does. Nobody. I think it was just the – I mean, he got screwed by the judges that night. It was oh. as simple as that. You know, and I'm always so worried that something weird happened, like, you know, Bruce Buffer said the wrong guy or the judges picked the wrong guy when they really meant for the other guy to, to win. Because I think Bruce Buffer has Wait, which one's Cejudo? <laughs> no, I think, that, I think that Buffer has called the wrong person in the past, if I'm correct. Like, he said mm. the wrong name. And they've had to, they had to correct it after the fight, like, the next fight was already coming up and they had to they had to come back and say, you know, there's been a mistake. So and so actually won. But that's kind of what I was expecting after that. You know, I otherwise, you know, I just think that's all on the judges because what Suhudo got like three, maybe four takedowns. Like how does that outpoint 121 Striking. with 81 significant? Especially because none of the strikes like, let's say he took him down, and that's where he landed all his significant strikes. But he didn't. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I would even say, oh, that's kind of a good argument, because the, the strikes that I landed that were significant were by me taking you off your feet and dominating you on the ground. Yeah, you ended up getting up and doing a little bit better job on your feet, but that was only, you know, between the times I was, you know, slamming you to the and really just ragdolling you. And this whole octagon control, like, I, I get it, but, you know, there's a lot of great fighters, DJ being one of them, that fight moving, moving, that right. fight well moving. You know what I mean? Moving forward is not an indication of, of, uh, 
of success. It just means you move forward. That's all. It, yeah. it doesn't mean anything. You could move forward into a lot of kicks and punches and then get knocked out or not get knocked out, but get outstruck. It's just, I, I think that was, it's hard for me to go, oh, he was robbed. But when I hear those stats, it's more like a robbery. It's like, dude, he outstruck you and outlanded. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I definitely say he got robbed. And I mean, it's just another one of those things. And I mean, it, I guess it's, it's really hard to say, you know, don't leave it in the hands of the judges. And I mean, that's easier said than done a lot yeah. of times, especially with these smaller weight classes, you know. But, and I do, I do think like when you say that, that's something you say to the challenger. You yeah, know what I mean, it's exactly. like if exactly. you say, hey, "Don't leave it in the hands of the judges," that's what the the challenge. You know, who was telling one of one of the guys I work with? Um, he was telling me, I don't know if it's one F man. It was, but that here's another, and I, and I would be down for it. I, I'm, of course, because I'm not doing it. It's not me. I'm not in the cage, so of course I'm down for this fucking rule change <laughs> what if uh what if they said um hey we're not sure it's a split decision so let's do another round and so then yeah. they go into the sixth round and the judges are like damn it that was a close one we're just not clear on this guys we're gonna have <laughs> to have a seventh round yeah. and uh, this guy was telling me that they they did this in another um in another promotion and it went like three or four extra rounds. He goes, man, it was one of the greatest fights I ever seen. Like they were all, all, all the, I think it was like a K one fight, you yeah. know? So it's only well, like they used three to do rounds. that with the, uh, the ultimate fighter. Remember they'd be like, come on, we didn't, we don't know. That was really close. We might have to go to a third round, you know? Yeah. So, but, I mean, it's yeah, feasible. That, that would be so, you know how dramatic that would be? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if at the end of that, they're like, it's a split decision. Everyone get back into your corners. We're doing it again. Yeah. That would be awesome. Plus, the guys would have had, like, a break while they're collecting the cards. So it'd be, like, a good five-minute break, you know? And they're like, okay, yeah. you got a little break. Let's get in there fresh. And it's all on this one round. I don't know. I didn't – I didn't – I didn't uh, – I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I thought I, – And I was totally – I was upset and when – Cejudo, like who seemed seems like a nice guy, but when he started talking about growing up in you know the streets, just ten minutes from the stadium, but it just sounded corny as shit. You know, I was like, dude, just accept your belt, thank your coaches, and get the fuck out of there. You know. Yeah. Now you know, looking back on it, and then hearing those stats, and and thinking about how DJ didn't take that, um, he didn't take that those money fights, and that. I'm sure the UFC was unhappy about him not taking those money fights because if you um, listen to some of the things they say about how much the promotion actually owes after what was it? A $4 billion deal. Cause yeah. now they, you know, they have a lot of money to make and pay. Um, right. You know, they're going to do big, huge money fights. So we're going to see some really good things. Um, but we're also, we might, we might see, the corruption see some really stupid things like Brock yeah. Lesnar also. Right. Because, because they need to make that money. And, you know, to me, you know, that opens the door for, you know, some corrupt things um, happening yeah. because it's in the better interest of, of the pockets. And, you know, when, it, you know, follow the money whenever a crime is committed, you know what I'm saying? Well, when so, you basically have a monopoly, I mean, 
I know that there's other organizations like Bellator that are good organizations, but you're ba- you, there's no uh, there's no cross fighting. So the UFC is the UFC. If you fight for the UFC, you're a UFC fighter. So when you have that sort of monopoly, then you're going to have some sort of corruption. Yeah. I'd like to see them start cross fighting. Like, hey, you, let's put your best guy versus our best guy. You know, that would be awesome. I would. Yeah. I wish they would do that. You know, um, who was it? I think it was Dream and. There was two promotions in Japan that would do that at the end of the year. And there was a huge event and they would have like kickboxing, MMA. They would have um, some kind of like um, exhibitions of like, like uh, Sambo or jujitsu or karate. They would have all types of events in this, this one new year's night. And um, it was Sodenku or something like that was, uh, Uh I think one of the promotion promotions. The other one was like either glory or dream and they would come together. It was awesome. They would, they would have, it was really, it was, and they would go, you know, champion versus champion, two different promotions. And, you know, I don't think it takes anything away. It's not like, Oh, well, I saw this champion lose. Now I'm not going to watch him defend his belt in the other promotion. You know what I mean? Right. It just means what's going to happen this year. Cause yeah, you know, now, now, you know, the new champions are going to fight because whoever won this year might lose his belt in the next season, you know? So it was really cool stuff uh, when they were doing that. And I, I think that would be amazing to see. Um, yeah. I mean, it just would add a fresh dimension to it, you know, but how many times can you watch Clay Guida dance around in the octagon and, you know, just kind of be that gatekeeper, you know, let him, let him fight somebody from Bellator, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Nothing against Clay Guida. I love the guy. I wish I had his cardio. I have so many things against Clay Guida. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like his haircut. He burps too much between rounds. That's true. I don't, I don't like how hype he is when he loses at the end. He's still doing push-ups. I don't like that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but he was one of those guys, right? It would be the end of the fight, and he was sitting there doing push-ups like crazy. Yeah. Um, Let's do this, man. Let's cut it short right here. We're going to add another segment. We're going to start off on the next segment um, talking about the main event between uh, Cody Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw. I also want to touch base on why the heck is Tyrone Woodley fighting uh, uh, Darren Till instead of Colby Covington? Like, how how come that happened? That's crazy. Dick face. That's why. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm pretty I sure that's why they got, they had a meeting and they're like, Hey, let's let him fight till. Yeah. Official reason. Kobe Covington is a dick face. I don't know. Maybe he has an injury. I don't, we don't know about. So we're going to find those answers. And we could also uh, talk a little bit about October 6th, which uh, is going to be Namaga Madoff, uh, Conor McGregor's comeback fight after two years. And we also going to see who else is on the card. It's um, Dustin Poirier and Nate Diaz. Did they put them it's on the weird. same card? You know, it's a, I think it's supposed to be on the same card. But now I know that Nate stormed out when he saw yeah, that it's it. I'm not on that card. Screw that. As and tough think, as those guys act and as tough as they are, like, I feel like the Diaz brothers are the biggest fucking whiners on the planet. 
like they're pouty. Well, you don't want like I'm not sitting here. Yeah, I'm not sitting here and saying that they that he has a right to it. You know, y'all are getting paid ridiculous. But I understand the idea behind. Look, if you brought me, like, what if behind closed doors? And this is what we should be saving for the next segment. <laughs> what if behind closed doors they were telling him that? Um, they were telling him, hey. Y'all are going to be the main event and this and that. And then and we're going to promote it. It's going to be a big deal. You know, we're going to really put you on the spotlight. And then literally during the press conference, they're like, psych. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll find out more about it. And uh, that'll be our next segment. If, if not, this will be one episode. That'll be our next episode. I do want to say, um, if you have a Sucker Punch of the Week that you want to nominate, please uh, get on the Anchor app and go ahead and leave us a message. And uh, we'll definitely put that on the air for you. Um, I don't know what else to add except I'm out. Nate, you got anything?